and welcome to the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Aki Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. Today, I have an awesome guest. His name is Kane Minkus, and he helps six, seven, eight-figure founders create breakthroughs that help them rapidly scale up towards a high-value exit with his private consulting and his training company focuses on helping startups grow. And he's a three-time best-selling author, board advisor, and positioning expert. He's spoken in 32 countries across five continents and completed over 3,000 presentations. Kane is among the most impactful business mentors today, having reached over 3 million business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals globally. And his award-winning strategies cover key business aspects, including strategy, marketing, sales, leadership, and technology. And Kane, together with his business and life partner, Alessia, have owned and operated over 40 of their own companies, generating over $500 million. And they have won over 30 awards, which confirms that industry rock star gets results. And Kane is also in the 2023 faculty for Tony Robbins Business Raspberry. Welcome, Kane Minkus. Thank you for being on my show. Hey, Athene, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Appreciate it. You know, whenever I hear that bio, I always hope that my mother-in-law is listening in. <laughs> I love it, mate. I, I love the beats. Um, a great song to beat you there. And, um, you know, I love that. Yeah, you- this is industry rock star, man. We're going to rock out. This has got to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Exactly, man. And um, I was interviewed on a podcast the other day saying, did you ever think about that you have all these accolades? Like, you know, before I go, didn't necessarily dream about this. But then it's sort of when you look back, you go, wow, it's amazing. The journey, right? Of, of where it comes from. Yeah, well, I think there's a time in life where we really care and we push hard and then we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> right? So we're like, let's just let's just help people serve people and make a difference. <laughs> I love but, the serving element, mate. That's awesome. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be great for everyone watching and listening today. You are a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people that know who you are, just please introduce yourself by telling us more about you and your journey. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, so today we have, you know, we've had a lot of accomplishments, but we also, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs. We, we learned a lot because when you build so many companies, you know, never, there's never a straight line just to, you know, success and everything. You always uh, learn a lot. So, but uh, actually I started my entrepreneurial journey at essentially 19 years old. Um, and uh, I started uh, actually even starts before that. And so I started as a, as a kid at five years old in the entertainment industry. I was kind of a showbiz kid. And I loved music and I was a musician, but I grew up in a very traditional family. And they said, uh, my dad used to say to me, there's no money in music, kids, so figure something else out. And uh, I said, well, wait, there's gotta be money in music. Uh, there's people who make money in music. And he said, well, like whom? And I said, I don't know, Phil Collins and Madonna, and you know, I don't know, you know, Savage Garden, you know, throwing out there for, <laughs> for the, uh, the Aussies. And uh, he would say, well, that's because they got lucky. And so I grew up in a, in a world where <clears throat> my family really believed that if you did what you loved and you made a lot of money at it, you essentially were, uh, you were lucky. Now, my dad, however, was a chief financial officer for a $500 million company. And so uh, I got to learn something very early because no matter how much success he had or how much money he made, he was actually always kind of constantly miserable. And I remember he'd go to work dressed up in a nice suit and tie. <clears throat> he'd come back kind of unhappy. And we used to call him the, gr- the, the grump around the house. He was always grumpy. 
And so I kind of learned very early on that, you know, making a lot of money, because I grew up in a very wealthy home. We had, you know, a big mansion and drove, you know, fancy sports cars and things early on. But I learned that there was a, there was no connection between money and happiness. Those were two separate things. And so I very early on disconnected from the pursuit of money to solve my problems or to fill me up or to make me happy. I just said, you know, I just want to have a lot of fun. That was it. I just want to have fun because I saw my dad making a lot of money, not having a lot of fun. And I said, well, I don't want that life. So I'm just gonna have a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. So I, I pursued music and by, you know, 12, 13 years old, I started throwing concerts and performing all over. I was, I was a keyboard player and a singer. I used to, you know, play a lot of, you know, rock and pop and, you know, that kind of stuff it was Pink Floyd and, you know, Journey and Genesis and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we used to perform and we used to throw benefit concerts and things like that. And uh, at some point I ended up becoming a record producer for Sony Music and I started working at uh, the Hit Factory in New York and I was doing uh, productions working on, you know, like Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and Jessica Simpson and Ricky Martin. I was doing all this pop production stuff. Um, but I was still working for someone and at some point uh, Napster came along and it kind of destroyed the industry and new technologies came out and they changed everything. Um, and uh, I decided to quit and uh, leave Sony and go start my own business uh, in Silicon Valley. And I partnered up with a friend of mine from music school. I went to music school prior to, prior to Sony. And uh, we started our first music business. And I was literally so broke, I was sleeping on a couch. I had no money. My family was totally not in support of what I was doing. <laughs> and I was there literally, I think it was $60,000, $70,000 in debt on credit cards, sleeping on my friend's couch at his, uh, at his house. And we were kicking off our first business, which was a production company. We were doing uh, soundtracks for movies and film and television, things like that. And uh, we, we worked on it for about six months, trying to do what we, the best we could do, trying to do what we thought we should do. And it was going nowhere. And about six months in, my business partner came and he says, my girlfriend's pregnant. And I said, dude, I had nothing to do with that. What do you, what do you want? And he's like, no, no, no. I've got six more months to make this work or I've got a baby coming. I gotta go get a job. And that kicked us into high gear. And so I started calling some friends and I said, I need some help. We need to move faster. Who do you know that can help? And they said, why don't you go see this guy who gives these business seminars in San Francisco? And so I did, I went and I saw this guy who gave a business seminar and his name was Brian, Brian Franklin. You know, he's not a famous guy or anything, but a brilliant, brilliant business coach. And uh, it turned out his parents were some of the top Silicon Valley executive coaches, uh, you know, in, in all of Silicon Valley. And he had just sold a media company. He was in the media industry in Los Angeles to move back to San Francisco. And so I heard all this story about him. And I was like, he's perfect. He should help us launch our media company. So I went up to him and I said, hey, Brian, would you help us launch this business? And he says, well, what kind of business is it? And I said, it's in media. And he goes, that's great. I just sold my media company. I know exactly what you need to do. And he said, uh, well, how many customers do you have? And I said, none. And he says, all right, well, why don't I come by your business this week and I'll see what you're doing. And so by the grace of just a nice connection, and he was a few years older than me, and we just had, you know, this, I don't know, this little bromance that went on, right? Uh, he started coaching my business partner and I, and uh, he helped us take that company from nothing to top five in the world in four years. And it was just awesome how fast we could grow. And I really got connected to what it is to have a great coach. And he brought his, his mother in who coached us, and actually his father even coached us at one point. And we just had these great coaches, these great mentors. And we could see that that was a big difference between just working hard and having a big passion and actually turning it into significant results. And so we've always had coaches. And of course, many, many years later, I ended up selling out of that company. I started 24 different companies in my 20s because I realized we could do it. We've had restaurants, we've had bars, we've had technology companies, we've had consulting companies, we've had service businesses. Our largest business we had 280 employees at and we were doing you know tens of millions. And so I just learned that having great mentors and having great coaches and advisors to me is the hands down key for moving fast and success in business and in life. 
So that's how we ended up there. And so my friends at some point started asking me, how did you do that so fast? And I said, well, while you invested in MBA programs and PhDs, and you know, they were just getting out of school at 27, 28 years old. I was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire by that point. And they were saying, how did you do that so fast? And I said, well, while you invested in, you know, traditional education, I hired people that had already been there and done it. And I just said, just show me what to do. Just teach me. And they did. And that's really was a, a huge difference. So we ended up teaching. And of course, you know, the rest of the story, we traveled around the planet and been teaching alongside Richard Branson and Tony Robbins and all, you know, Vishen Lakihani, all these great speakers and educators and trainers. And that's what we do all day long now is we just help entrepreneurs launch, grow and scale their companies, uh, you know, up to high valuations and really enjoy them instead of be trapped by them. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, mate. What, what a story there. And, uh, you know, from nothing to to where it is and, and uh, you know, one, one key relationship, like one, you know, key business mentor, that coach. And I think, um, yeah, once you get into that, it, it's really powerful, right. In that story. And then, you know, well done for taking the action as well. Right. Cause it's one thing having that mentor, but you got to take the action as well. And, and totally. Make- yeah. It's, it, it's a partnership, right? They give you great advice. You got to go action it. It doesn't, it didn't always work. Not everything they always asked us to do or suggested we do worked, but you know, 30, 40% of it did. And that was enough to get us to, you know, a really successful company really fast. Yeah, I love it, mate. What a great story. And and let, let's get into it more now. So I know you're focusing more in, in tech and AI these days, and these are two big subjects, right, that I think are changing the game yeah. with businesses. And let's talk more firstly around, I guess, transformational tech, um, as you'd like to call it mm-hmm. in business. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe just generally for people, how, how do you define this as what is like transformational yeah. tech? So it's, this comes right out of that story. So, you know, I, I really grew up in business in uh, Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley, if you've never been there or worked in the in the industry there, um, it's really a mixture of technology and human potential all going on at the same time. You got kind of the, the hippies and the human potential movement, you know, and then you've got all this technology and it all meets right in the corridor there. And so you get a lot of this mixture together of like spirituality and mind expansion and mind expanding drugs and all that stuff. And then, and then tech and like hardcore technology. And so we've always looked at these things as what causes big breakthroughs. What are the things that are going to cause a big breakthrough in a company? And I happen to love smaller business. I've, I've done a lot of consulting at, at enterprises and large corporations, but I just don't get the same fun as when I work with a founder or founding team who are really passionate about what they started, what they created. And they may be at six, they may be at seven, they may be at eight. You know, I never really care where they are. I just, I love that passion of the founding team that really wants to, you know, make a difference in the world and that, that, that mission-driven company, right? So we always looked at what what technologies are there that will literally just paint change the paradigm of a company and have it really grow like a rapid acceleration versus just a little change or, you know, hey, let's just grow 1% or 2% this year. No, like what's going to change the game? And it's not always technology as you think like computer technology. It could be like mindset technology. I mean, we studied neuroscience for 20 years in understanding how human transformational technologies can actually transform leadership and transform thinking, and that can change a whole business. And so, you know, just to fast forward to now, in the last couple of years has been really AI technologies. And we actually started talking about AI technologies in 2016 when people were like looking at us like we were crazy because AI tech's been around a long time. I mean, it's been around since the 50s in, in research. It really actually has been implemented into platforms and technologies as a hard-coded since, you know, early 2000s, right? I mean, Amazon had theirs, Apple had theirs, and, you know, this, Microsoft had theirs, and you never had access to it. But in 2022, of course, OpenAI released ChatGPT, which 
really gave humans the first browser-based access to what it's like to be working with these super brains and an open architecture where we could actually work with them and ask it any questions. So it didn't matter what you wanted to talk to it about or what you wanted to engage it in, you could do that. Plus, as developers, we can now API right into it and we could actually use it in our platforms and our interfaces. Well, that totally changed the game. And so since we're always looking for transformational technologies to help business owners, we were all over that and we started implementing it. I've got seven researchers that work with me and have for over a year and a half now. We've got a 50 person development team. We've been developing platforms and you know building clones for people and doing all sorts of cool uh, AI tech workflows and everything for companies. And it's literally a game changer for companies. I've never seen really anything like it uh, other than maybe you know the neuroscience we were doing with leaders and helping them change the way they led their teams. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, awesome, mate. I love it. And uh, I love that there's the, the mindset side as well, which is transformational, which is important, you know, alongside the tech, but then obviously with the AI, uh, big play recently, uh, especially with ChatGBT coming out. Just before we get into the AI, AI stuff, I guess I just want to quickly talk about data, because I think data has been talked about a lot as being like a new currency in a way, right? About, you know, yeah. how you're capturing this and, and how are you actually using this, right? Um, in, into what you do, because one thing is is capturing it, but are you actually using it to its fullest potential? So what are yeah. your thoughts around, you know, with the data that we're getting with things, how we can actually, you know, use the analytics to make better decisions or innovate better and, and things like that? I think this is a great question. Um, and I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna answer it from a slightly different angle because um, I think that the people who understand it but don't use it are small business owners. They don't have a lot of data. They're not collecting a lot of data. So when you say we have data, <laughs> actually we are paying to use other people's data, right? And this is a really important point because now that we have access to building our own large language models or what are called LLMs, which for those that are not familiar, these are the chat GPTs, the Bings, the Bards, the Clods. Well, there was a recent article from Forbes that said every company will have its own LLM. And that's essentially just to say every company will have its own chat bot. So it sounds a little technical and fancy and people listening might be going, never, that's not me. Actually, you will. And you may even have already have it. It's a chat bot. And a chat bot is essentially trained with your data. And if you're going, I don't have any data, well, just you know, keep listening here because you actually do. And this is really important that you start to understand the power and the importance of data because where we used to leave that to like, you know, Facebook or Twitter, oh my gosh, there's billions of people on there, that's, that's for them. Or, uh, you know, SEMrush or companies that are collecting data on a daily basis. You as a business owner need to start understanding that your internal data, even the things you talk about, every meeting you have, like this is data. This little, this, this, this podcast right here, we're creating data because we've got, video, audio, and where the data comes from is the script. So as soon as we get done with this podcast, we can take the audio, tear it off, and we've got a whole script, and that can be transcribed, and now we've got data to train a large language model. Now, why we'd wanna do that, we have to decide, but we're constantly creating data, and most people are letting it slip through their hands. So we have had the fortunate foresight around how important data was, because in Silicon Valley, data was the new currency, but this is like 20 years ago. Right, so a lot of the world's just starting to catch up as to why it's important. <laughs> and as I realize it's very important. So we capture every meeting, everything we do, because we're always training our chatbots and our LLMs with this constantly day in and day out. And every company and every founder needs to be thinking like that because all day long you're talking and you're creating data of a certain kind. That data that you're creating when you're speaking is the data of how you think and how you communicate and what your language patterns are, and what word choices you use, and what beliefs you have, and what strategies, and what values you carry. That's actually valuable data, but most people don't value that. And so we need to start valuing that. And it's a great question because now you need to take action to start capturing your data and start training your own chatbots and LLMs because it's gonna be the future and it's already the now.
It's very, very important that people understand to be able to do that. Yeah, love it, mate. Great answer there. And let's just talk a little bit more around these, you know, LLMs, right? That you're there because someone's probably going, yeah, Kane, it sounds great. You, you've got all this tech, you know how to do all this sort of stuff. Where would someone start if you're saying every business should have their own LLM? Where should someone start going like, you know, if they're maybe not as big of a tech person going, how do we, is it just an API, you know, that connects to JetGPT or one of these other ones and then we can just train our own or where, where can we actually start to do this? I mean, it's even, it's actually, it's a great question. And it's even easier than that. And I'm not actually going to show you. I'm just going to share my screen. Is that okay if I share the screen? Does that work for what we're doing here? Okay, great. So I'm going to share the screen. So we go into ChatGPT, right? And this is a paid account. So those that are, you know, those that are, are only using free accounts, you're not going to see this, but oh my gosh, upgrade. This thing is so worth it. It's like 20 bucks a month as far as, you know, right now in, in, in history. And I get in now because if they make it more expensive, they usually will grandfather you in. Anyways. So uh, here's ChatGPT, we'll check it out. This is not even like, well, I got an API in, it's all tech on. It's right here. You just go to Explore, and on Explore you create your own GPT. And this was just released recently. As you can see, it's still in beta. This is where you can start to create your brand new own chatbot or your own LLM. And I won't take you through the whole process because it's, it's got a process, but the process is like, it just takes 10 or 15 minutes and you can create your own. We could actually do it here in the time that we're working, but it would eat up a little bit of time. So if you just go start playing this, you can start, start using this right now and you can start feeding the data into your own GPT. And then the question is, is it private? Yes, it is. That's why they created this. My GPTs are private so that you can start feeding in here and you can see that not only that, but you've got, you know, people that are building, you've got like, Ooh, like seven or 8,000 GPTs. And I might even be uh, mis misquoting that, I think. But there's even ChatGPT stores. Uh, if we go, let's see, oh my gosh, if I can remember where the store is on this, I'm not sure if I'll get it right now. But there's stores on here where you can go look at uh, the MyGPT stores. Here, let's see if we get, here, this is one of them, okay? Here's the, the, the directory of all the GPTs that are out there. Okay, and there's thousands and thousands of them now. Let's see if we can just get the full list and it shows us how many there are. Uh, over 4,000. There you go, over 4,000. Okay, so that's, I want to get that number. And these are all the GPTs that people are creating and now sharing with their own, with their own data. And now they can even monetize them. So I can get that done in like 20 minutes, send it out there and monetize my own LLM for my own company. Now, you may not be thinking, how do I make money with these things? You may just be thinking, how do I use them internally? No problem. So you can use them internally to train your teams. You can use them to be auto attendance for customers, customer service. You can have them be uh, outreaching. You can have them be doing, you know, nurturing processes with potential clients. Uh, you can have them doing pretty much anything you want them to do. Once they're trained on your data and how you want them to interact, it's pretty awesome. So that's it. 10 minutes. You just saw it. You can create your own. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, mate. Thanks, Kane, for, for sharing that because it's gold, right? For not just for myself, but everybody, I'm sure, watching this thing going, oh, I need some tech developer to do this. Okay, not just very quick. So He's like, thank you. I want to end this session right now and go create my own. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, <I know>. <laughs> yeah, about it. that. Go that was great. On a live demo. Who cares about the podcast of the rest? Help me create my own. Okay, let's do it live on this now. That's right. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. But, um, but it sounds like a lot of fun, which is awesome. So maybe while you're creating, you can listen at the same time and uh, compress time that way. Do two things, <laughs> which would be a cool thing to do. Um, so you, you've done well. You, you're now in the 2023, you know, faculty for, for Tony Robbins, uh, Business Marshall. We are recording this right at the end of 2023. It'll be out um, early yeah. year. Um, you know, we, had, we had a chance to, to teach at, at Business Mastery this year, which was really fun. It's a great event. You know, Tony's awesome. Um, and then we, uh, we just created some uh, training for them to put into his his training materials for this. So it's a real honor to be, uh, you know, training and, and providing them training materials. Yeah, Tony's a, a great, you know, founder, uh, sort of speak of, of personal development, you know, getting it out there in the world, which has been awesome. And I guess maybe do you want to talk, if people were looking at the screen, right, they would have seen it, 
differences there about the different types of AIs, but do you want to maybe just share, because a lot of people just think ChatGPT, right, for AI, but there's actually so much, and it's changing rapidly, right, like weekly almost of, of what's out there, but do you want to maybe just talk about the variety of what we can actually do with AI these days and, and how you're, you're helping clients or what's actually out there of the tools, yeah. Yeah, well, let me, I'm going to share, okay, since, since I got, I'm going to share a little slide here. So we, we train students in, in AI tools, but that's not so much. So what I want to share on this slide is that we, we took on the researchers because by January of 2023, I'll make this a little bigger so everybody can make sure they can see. By January 2023, there were 4,200 AIs on the marketplace. And when they say AIs, just, just so you understand. So, and this is an important point. People say I'm building an AI tool. They're not building an AI tool. The way AIs work, and this is actually really valuable because most people don't even understand this. So. AI technology is a, is a, it's done by models. Okay. And there's about, hmm, I think as a date, 50, 60,000 models out there, maybe more. It's, I mean, they're always looking to see more. So don't quote me on the numbers, but there's tens of thousands of AI models, but these models are very expensive, very complex to create. And a model will do a very simple thing. Just think about a black box. You like, like you, you take, if you go to a, a car park, uh, and you you park your car and you you put the ticket in the black box and it does a bunch of calculations and then it spits out the ticket, right? Think about that as like an AI model, right? So you could have an AI model, for example, where you, it's, you know, it's very specific. It does a very specific function. Okay, so you would, let's say, put in text, right? Text, and then it would kick out an image. Okay, so that could be a, for example, and, and forgive my, my horrible writing here, but you could put in text and you could kick out an image. So for example, OpenAI released a model called Dolly, and you can go right to the OpenAI website and you can play around with it. You can type in text and it will kick out an image, right? Well, that's a, a it's a model, That's that's a, but that's really a lot of complex stuff going on in there. It deals with neural networks and machine learning and all these terms you've been hearing about that are over everybody's head unless you're a an AI specialist. But <clears throat> what's going on now is we can take these models and we can actually connect them together so that we can actually then create an output that we want. So what's going on is when someone says, I'm building an AI, Nine times out of 10, they're not building an AI. Nine times out of 10, everything you're working with is actually built on someone else's models like Microsoft, you know, Azure, or the different companies that are building these models. Those are the companies that are the billion dollar companies that are spending a huge amount of money developing the infrastructure. So what you're working with when it comes to, uh, now GPT is actually a model. ChatGPT is actually the direct model. You actually interface with the direct model, which is pretty cool. But if you go to, you know, I don't know, uh, hey Jen, if you go to, uh, uh, you know, just think of, you know, Jasper, uh, you know, or I think Jasper's got some of its own models built in. But the, the idea is that most of these interfaces that you're working with, they're actually using the models behind the entire scene. So Canva, everybody's familiar with Canva. A lot of people are familiar with Canva. It's a great design tool, right? Well, when you go there, it says powered by GPT. And so you're seeing a lot of these interfaces are able to connect these things up. So when I say that, <clears throat> you know, by January, there are 4,277 AIs. Actually, it was there 4,277 developers that put together their interface and they were now using the models behind the scenes. And by March of 2023, we had 6,700 new AIs in the marketplace. By June, 7,000. By September, 8,254. By November, we had 9,400 AI tools in the marketplace that were using these AI. And today, as of today, almost 11,000 AI tools, right? This is, you know what this is? You know what this means? It means people are overwhelmed. <laughs> 11,000 new options and tools, right? I mean, my gosh, and everybody talks about ChatGPT. So the industry and the whole world has moved way past it, but what's going on is many people are overwhelmed by what's going on. And I was reading a, an interesting statistic just written the other day uh, in, a, in a tech magazine that was saying, 
although 48% of the world's businesses are actually playing around with technology, they're playing around with AI tools right now, only 2% have actually integrated them into their workflows. And that's a really great number for everybody listening because if you actually start to take some serious steps forward in learning how to use these tools and get them integrated, you can actually get way ahead of the marketplace because slowly companies are gonna integrate these things and you're gonna see them over the next, and, and we, we see an acceleration curve, right? So it's 2% this year, we'll see six or 8% next year and then 15 to 20, and before you know it, every company is out there doing it. So you need to get into it now and move it forward because it'll make a huge difference before everybody else does. Yeah. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I think it's, it's a good, <laughs> oh, it's good background man. of what's going on. I, I love it. Um, I, I love the stats and, and I love that, um, yeah, you talked about these different options, right? About what's out there. And, and I think the integration comment you mentioned is so important, right? With such a, a small percentage of people actually integrating it. So what are some of the key areas that we could easily integrate this into, right? Because we could make people potentially twice as effective. That's the way I think about it. People think it might take away from people, but imagine having, you know, virtual assistants or other team members in your team that could actually do twice as much work because AI is doing the other half as an example, right? What we're doing. So what are some of the things that we can, I guess, integrate that to get people aware of this, um, I guess, first of what's possible? Yeah, and I'm gonna answer, actually, now I remember what your first question was, which is, um, the cat, like how, they saw categories of different stuff, and then how do they integrate them? So let me answer both in this kind of next little section here. So there's five categories of AI tools that we, the way we teach in our in our world is we teach them through these five categories, right? Because it just helps people organize down all this, you know, 11,000 different things. So essentially there's text tools, which is your LLMs, your ChatGPT, anything that does text. Jasper, Bard, Bing, Claude, all that kind of stuff. Everything that's doing text. If you want text output, you're in a text AI category. Um, but then there's other categories. Audio. If you want to deal with anything around music, sound effects, or narration, which I think is some of the most interesting stuff for people, although music's pretty valuable as well. If you want to create a video, for example, and you want to have uh, AI-generated music or AI-generated narration, this is pretty powerful too because now you can actually generate voiceovers that sound totally natural. And we're even cloning. We've been cloning people now for almost a year. We've got voice clones and all sorts of great clones that we use um, that will essentially allow you to simply uh, use your voice. Here, I'm actually up, if you want, I'll play a little a fun thing out of here, which is, this is a little voice cloning uh, example where I've cloned my voice. Check it hey, out. it's AI Kane here, and welcome to the AI Assisted Entrepreneur Program. It's our pleasure to be taking you through this program and taking you into the- Right, so that's a voice clone, right? It's And, you know, that's a breakthrough because, you know, just a few years ago, if you were listening to, uh, you know, AI voice clones or even the voices on, it was like computer, it was like Stephen Hawking's like, hello, this is your computer. How are you? Like, it's like, okay, it's cute. My computer's talking to me. But what am I going to do with it, right? There wasn't nothing practical to do with it, right? And so now we can actually voice clone and we use these voice clones, for example, in areas like if we wanted to leave personalized messages to hundreds or thousands of people across the world at the same time, we can now kick out what we call personalized voicemail drops where we can send a voicemail and it can say, hey, Athena, it was great to see you today at the webinar. I look forward to working with you in our upcoming masterclass. And then I can say, hey, Jenny, it was great to see you today uh, in the webinar. We look forward to working with you in the masterclass. And so we can create these at scale personalized experiences, which you could never do without the ability to clone. And it creates a human-like experience. So that's, uh, that's one of the categories, and we'll just flip back over this, which is uh, another category is images. And so whether you're looking to create images, which actually this background image we created right on, on AI, um, and whether you wanna create images 
from text or images to images or actually change images. Um, today I was working with one of our private clients in our consulting firm and he's a, a, a weight loss, a bariatric surgeon. He does weight loss surgery. And he was asking me if there's an AI tool that can take, take pictures of his clients and how they are, because they come in, you know, obese or heavy or they're, you know, they're struggling with weight loss and be able to show them what it will look like, what they will look like after they do the weight loss surgery. And I said, absolutely. I was showing him a couple of AI tools that we can use that can take the entire body and then generate, generate an entirely different picture out of the whole thing. So that's, that's images, for example. That's, you know, it's one of a thousand different, you can generate images for any pitch or presentation or social media or anything where you have to use images, your website, where you want to tell the story you want to tell. Uh, then we go to videos, which is the fourth category. And we can generate videos from scratch now. You can put porcupine with sunglasses. And there you go. You got yourself a porcupine with sunglasses. And then you can say porcupine with sunglasses running through the desert. And you've got your video. You can create anything you want now and it can generate it. And this is a huge breakthrough. And finally, the fifth category is actions, where anything people want uh, to do, any action they want to take in. So for example, we go in and we help companies become more productive by taking all their work and all their actions that they do and starting to systematize it, automate it, build AI intelligent workflows for them. And so for example, a very simple example is if they want their emails to uh, no longer have to get answered by themselves, we can take their Gmail systems, their email systems, hook them up to ChatGPT, train ChatGPT and how they think and how they talk, and it can answer their emails and then go back and put it in their drafts folder so they can just check them you know, every hour for a couple and send them out. And they can immediately get back 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, two hours a day with all these repetitive tasks that they're doing through these action AIs. So I, don't, I hope that that gives you a little sense of you know, where we can start to put it in. It's just, it's really endless. Every action, we've divided a company into 3,116 different actions that people do to generate their business on a yearly basis. And AIs can basically do pretty much everything. Yeah, awesome, mate. I love that, especially that action one. Imagine getting, you know, your emails all done with the drafts automatically through that. That's that's a powerful one because uh, you got to you got to think about those lower level tasks and high level tasks, right? In a business, and you know, especially as the founder, we want to work on those high level emails. Unless it's like closing a deal or something like that, is is mostly lower level um, tasks. So how can we get AI or something else to help us, you know, uh, accelerate that? Which I love and. So that integration of really just going, okay, well, how do we get these involved, right? How do we get this more into the processes? And then, because it, it's not, one thing is us then as the leader, right? Of, of adopting this and wanting to do it. And then, and then it's transferring it to the team as well, right? Is then how do we get, you know, those processes and train people and, and get them to be um, confident in, in implementing it as well? How are you finding that with, you know, I guess that area of integration with, you know, then scaling the companies? Well, so yeah, when we go into a company specifically and we start building or, or helping them integrate AI, um, and I think that what we're seeing is having someone who's an expert come in and help you integrate it, that's the fastest way to get it done. I mean, that's always been, even to my story back to working with a coach, like when they had to train us in new things like sales processes or marketing or things like that 25 years ago, they came in and they trained us, you know, they came in and they taught us. And then they held our hand through the integration process and, and execution process. That's the way everything always has gotten done. And until AIs are training <laughs> humans, which we got some of that going on, um, it's still it's still going to get done that way. So we go in and we look at many layers. One is to actually train teams in what tools are there and what they can actually do with them, right? And the second layer is we train them in what's called prompt engineering. So prompt engineering prompts are how you communicate with these tools. So when you go into ChatGPT, you've got a little prompt window, and it allows you to add in a you know, a statement or a question to request it to do something. Like these tools are built to simulate human intelligence and they're built to respond, not to initiate right now. 
So the idea of ChatGPT is it doesn't it doesn't reach out and go, hey, Athene, come on, you got to reach out to people. What are you doing? <laughs> all right. It's Athene goes, okay, I got to reach out to some people. Here's the context and all the information. Create me a series of emails that I can do for follow-up. Well, <clears throat> that prompt that I'm just kind of referring to is it got to be engineered properly because your output is based upon your input. So if you give them a kind of a lame or an incomplete request, what you get out is a very non-professional or very stock response. So we train people on how to prompt engineer these things. And we've even developed platforms uh, where we have, you know, developed props for, uh, you know, all sorts of people from everybody from, uh, you know, uh, marketers to salespeople to leaders in, in their industries. Um, and that way we've been able to give them the way we work because now you can prompt these things and I'll, I'll show you real quickly what that looks like. So this is a prompt platform and there's, there's a, there's a bunch of them out there. We're very proud of ours because we spent, you know, now uh, about 18 months developing prompts. And so you can, now it's all searchable and indexable where you can essentially go in here and, you know, if you hear, if you want to write a persuasive call to action for an email, right, you can just click in here and you can get the prompts that we use. And these are, highly engineered prompts. And then you just copy and you can paste them over and you could just, you know, replace some of the bracketed uh, components here. And we give you, you know, lots of them from simple ones to more complex one. And so the idea here is that's prompt engineering where you start to consider how do you communicate with these things to get a really high quality specific output, right? So we train them in what's available. We train them in prompt engineering. We show them how to start to chain these AIs together and we show them how to assess their workflows or we assess their workflows and how to start using these tools to implement them into their workflows. And you can do everything from using off-the-shelf stock stuff, like, hey, I use ChatGPT to write emails, to we can actually build what's called robotic process automations, which actually completely automates out the company, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're an enterprise, we can start taking everything you do and actually building it into a behind-the-scenes workflow that we call robotic process automations. Now, here's an interesting thing, Athene, you ready? I was in Silicon Valley recently having dinner with a friend who's a very, very, very top person at, at, you know, a company you would know, so I can't say his name or anything uh, from what I'm about to tell you. But he says to me, he says, you know, Kane, he says, everything that our kids are learning at school right now that we call intelligence, he says, is not intelligence. These AI tools can do everything our children are learning in school to do and actually 10 times better, if not a thousand times better. So what has happened is we have built a, a world of human beings doing a lot of repetitive tasks that are actually low level intelligence and we have called that intelligence, right? And in fact, we're now seeing that we can take these AI tools, build what we call AI intelligent workflows and robotic process automations, and basically take a company at like 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%, and just have it all getting done with these AI intelligent workflows. And when we do it, people are blown away. They're shocked because what they thought I have to do, the founder, I have to do that. I'm the only one who gets this. I'm the only one, I make those decisions. Um, I make the best decisions. I, I do the best outreach. I do the best relationship building. They actually learn that, in fact, their AI tools can do it faster, better, and at scale. <laughs> and they start going, wait a second, who am I as a human being? Like, what do I do now with myself? Where is my value? And this is what's really going on for those that are embracing AI. Because a lot of people are doubtful, skeptical, slow. They're ignoring it or they're just, they're dabbling in it. But those who are really getting into it, and we understand the power of the future of this, is we start to say, this is going to displace human value. It's already done it in many places. 900 million jobs have already been displaced this year. And I say displaced, not replaced, because I think AI is just displacing people's value momentarily. And we will evolve just like we did with computers, just like we did with machines. But it's a big evolution. And that's what we're facing here in the next five to 10 years.
Yeah, love it, mate. It's so powerful. I love that, yeah, robotic process engineering um, side of things. And then it, I guess it's then, yeah, that's the other thing is like the future of this, like, I guess, it, where do you see it going? But it's more about then from a human perspective, is it more around being creative? <clears throat> because AI, there's certain things that AI might not be so good at, right? That us as humans can still be better at. So is it then us focusing on that, whether it's us now or potentially with our kids, you know, as they're growing up as well, so that as we move forward in this AI, you know, movement, um, that we're we're staying ahead of the game and, and we're, we're really focusing on what's going to make the most value as well. And and, that, and I can tell you exactly, this was part of our recent presentation at, at you know, Tony Robbins event uh, was, you know, where where is the future, right? Where's the future headed? Because they always like to, you know, help the business owners in his group think about where's the future. Because if you want to be really wealthy, really rich and really successful, you figure out where the future is headed and you get there first. And this is what we've been teaching entrepreneurs because we've been talking about this future for years. And of course, everybody always looks at you crazy when you talk about the future like that. And now it's here. And so now they're starting to listen. And so, yes, human beings have gotten very involved in busy, busy work. Again, work that we think is highly, you know, high decision, a high decision power for prefrontal cortex, like we're, we're important. It's actually not. What's really, there's, there are limitations to the AI tools today. And some of them are around being visionaries. Like as humans, we're designed, I think, and we're here on the planet to be visionaries, to be innovators, to be disruptors, to be creative. And these are things that these tools have a hard time doing because they are, although they can simulate a human experience. And so it's, it's very interesting how you can start to emotionally go like, oh, I'm like having a conversation with my computer, <laughs> right? I'm having a conversation with ChatGPT. I mean, I can literally, I've got ChatGPT on my phone, right? I can literally have a conversation with ChatGPT and it can answer me, right? I can just literally talk to it and I can say, hey, ChatGPT, how are you doing today? And we'll, we'll see what it I'm responds. just a program, so I don't have feelings, but I'm ready and equipped to help you. How about you? How are you doing today? <laughs> okay. Now we could go on with that conversation, but that's the point. It's like, you know, we, and it's, and they're building in these ethics layers and these moral layers. Like when you ask how's it doing, well, they don't want you to fall in love with your machines. So <laughs> we're not going to go to the movie, her, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, her, it's a great movie to see in this time and age. Right. But the idea here is that, uh, you know, you can have a very human like experience, but they're not human. They're not human. They're simulating a human experience. And that's great for business and it's great for use in what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, it's important we use it ethically and responsibly and all those things. But the point is, is that um, we can have that experience, but they do have limitations. They are working on the training and education. They're working on the past. They're working on probability. You know, how ChatGPT knows what to say next on the screen is all based upon probability. And it's similar about how we work, right? So it's kind of crazy. But humans have some very interesting functionality that currently AI tools do not have. And we need to keep what's called the human in the loop. So we teach all of our students, you got to keep the human in the loop. You keep your brain in the loop. You keep it like, it's not just, I just turn my brain off and I let the AI tools manage it. It's, we're working together. We're embracing this technology together. It's like, we're kind of fusing it together, just like we do with the computer. We don't turn our brains off. The computer, as Steve Jobs said, is a bicycle for the mind. It goes further, farther, faster with the use of the computer. And that's how we look at AI tools. We just look at them as motorcycles instead of bicycles because we're like just screamingly going fast, right? But we still have to get together with that technology 
and work together to create it. And so that's what I see the future of, at least the current future is, we're gonna be embracing, it's gonna be integrated more and more, and it will become part of our world like the computer did, like the smartphone. I mean, I think, can you pick up your phone and show me your phone? Yeah. Show me your phone. Yeah. Look at that, see that? He didn't even have to go very far. He didn't have to move, right? He, it's just right there. And that's how integrated part of his life is with that phone, right? It's just right there. And so that's where AI is headed, where it's just integrated in everything. It's just gonna be part of our world, like our phones are, our computers are. I mean, think about how much technology we're using right now to have this conversation. And it's just part of our world. So that's where we're headed, in my opinion. Yeah, awesome, mate. Love it. Really, really powerful uh, stuff there on where it's going. It's been a powerful episode um, here today, mate. You shared so much gold. Um, so I guess as we're wrapping up, what one key piece of advice would you like to give to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today? Well, my advice to everybody that I say today is make sure you get into this, get in now and start working with AI tools. If you have been uh, sluggish, slow, ignored it, doubted it, skeptical, you've already lost over a year. Uh, and since we're talking to business owners around business growth, this is called the business growth show, uh, you're behind uh, just to be very direct and you need to catch up fast because this is the kind of exponential technologies that's going to create a big gap. Um, and it's a little bit like, by the way, if you look at countries that don't have English well integrated into the societies, by their economics, they have fallen behind. Opportunities, capabilities, skill sets, and their quality of life is different. I don't wanna make a judgment like, you know, they're not happy, I'm just saying it's different. And, you know, we live and we, tra we travel to 32 countries a year, and I love cultures, we speak different languages and things, but I can see that when we're in certain countries that have not integrated English, which is just a tool, and, and I've never said, hey, we gotta all speak English. If everybody wanted to learn Italian or Mandarin or whatever, I, we could all learn one language, but we haven't. And the mass world has been in the world of English, which means the people that have been able to integrate that technique, that, that, that model into their world, the model of English, which is just a language, right? And they've been able to use that to communicate. They have opened up entirely new worlds of possibility, opportunity, and wealth, and a different lifestyle. That's what's going on right now with AI. And if you ignore it, if you're skeptical, if you're doubtful, if you're slow, those that don't embrace it are gonna end up economically and in the same situation that those countries that didn't embrace English, just behind, just behind the ball. And so now you have to make a, a decision. If you're listening to this, you get to make a choice. And the choice is either I'm going to upskill my level, educate myself. You have to constantly keep growing as business owners. You can't stop growing or your business will die. You go out of business, very simple. Nobody ever said your business had to be in business forever. <laughs> You stop doing the right things at the right time, your, your business is gone, I don't care how big it is. I've seen huge, massive businesses fall overnight, right? So you've gotta upskill yourself, now's the time. Get in now because this is a fundamental pillar of where the entire world is headed. It's not just a blip, it's not just a fad, it's not just gonna be a little area. It's fundamentally transforming everything we're doing and it's only gonna get more and more integrated and more and more complex, so you might as well start right now. Yeah, awesome, love, mate. Completely agree. So everybody, get on the I uh, train, so to speak, and and make things happen and get into your business or look at someone like Kane if you're needing the help as well, right? To get in there and Kane, yeah, we connected through our networks. So I learned about yeah your awesome journey from starting the consulting to founding industry rockstar. You got you know over 18 years ago, you've done so much and achieved um, so much in so many different countries and helped so many um, you know business owners and people um, around the world. 
awesome guys so knowledgeable what you've shared here today and you know i'm sure you continue to help you know uh, all founders create breakthroughs to rapidly scale towards an exit as well as um you know the startups as well um for them to grow and and very grateful you know that we connected and, and i look forward uh, to working with you as well so kane how can people uh, find you and learn more about what you do so um, you can just check out, you know, kind of the standard. You can go find us online. Uh, you can go find us at our websites. Um, I work with my wife, whose name is Alessia. So you can go to Kane, K-A-N-E, and, A-N-D, Alessia.com, A-L-E-S-S-I-A. You can go find us on Instagram. I mean, we're everywhere, you know, it's like Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the social media, YouTube, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you want to go to my personal site, Kane Minkus, K-A-N-E-M-I-N-K-U-S.com, you can check out uh, what we do both for private consulting, trainings, education. You can download my speaker kit and get into our, our funnels and things. And then kind of keep an eye out. We, we do a lot of advertising around and we do a lot of partnerships because people ask us to speak on their stages and in their communities all the time. I've been doing 10 speeches a week now for the last uh, three years online, right? I was doing 32, I was doing 200 a, a year flying around the world. And now we build studios at our offices and we just get to do them from our, our offices and our homes. And so, you know, you might see me speak in someone else's community 10 a week these days uh, to really just get this word out across the world and help people grow. Yeah, awesome stuff. Everyone, definitely check out Kane in all of those areas there if you want to yeah, learn more about him and work with him in some way or fashion. Um, he's, he's a machine in this area in the AI space. He's definitely making things happen and uh, he delivers um, as his results. So it's been a pleasure interviewing you, Kane. And thank you very much for being on my show. You got it. Thanks for having me, Opin. Thank you everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth and please like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. If you want to grow and scale your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. I completely agree with you or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.